I want to turn your attention this evening to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. I'm telling you, we're in trouble spiritually in this nation and in the church world tonight. Amen? People have no idea what's going on. I was reading today that many Americans, many believe that the Bible is more than just, a, just nothing more than a fairy tale. I got news. It ain't a fairy tale. It's a testament to my Lord and Savior. Amen? How many know this Bible testifies of him tonight? Amen? How many know it's his testament in here? But I want to tell you what's happened in our church where we got to have a revival or the church is going to bust the tribulation wide open. Amen? There are going to be more people entering set on pews that enter into the tribulation or enter into hell's fire because they don't take their walk with God serious. Amen? Amen? There's things that are missing. We'll get there. Revelation 2. This is what Jesus said to the Ephesus church. I'm telling you, this is what school, I believe has happened tonight. Just what he's told Ephesus unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Uh, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, uh, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Uh, I know your works and your labor and your patience and how you cannot bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And have borne and have patience. And for my name's sake have labor and have not fainted. But listen in verse 4. Here comes the problem. Here comes Jesus saying, I got an issue with you. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. Because you have left your first love right there. Uh, simply saying, you've left me. You're more committed to everything else than me. Remember, therefore, from where you are fallen. And listen what Jesus said right here. And repent and do thy fir the first works or else. That's a, that's a, he said, repent, do the first works or what else? Meaning there's something. I, I will come unto you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of his place. Except you repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans which I also hate. Listen to verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him who overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Uh, I want to speak to you on the thought of revival or bust. It's revival or else. Amen. It's what Jesus was saying. You go back to him and fall back in love with him like you once did or else. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, and we ask for your anointing, and I ask for your touch, dear God, Lord, and I pray, Father God, for you to give me the words to speak, dear God. I pray, Lord, today, God, that you anoint me, Lord, God, that fire will fall, that revival will hit. Lord, I give you the glory tonight, and I ask for you to do the work that needs to be done in here, dear God, among your people, in Jesus' name. 
name we pray, amen and amen. I want you to listen to this poll that the Barna Group, a Christian study group, just released. I just read it. A new poll said only 17% of self-proclaimed Christians considered the Bible as their worldview. That simply means they view it as the Bible says it. They take their view from the word of God. 38% of these self-proclaimed Christians are sympathetic to Muslim teaching. Simply they consider the Quran up there with the word of God and consider that the word of God also. 61% of people who profess self-proclaimed Christians uh, agree with the teachings, ideas, or philosophy that is rooted in new spirituality, what we know as the new age movement, uh, humanism, yoga, and things like that. Uh, 54% reside with the postmodern view, uh, which it means the word of God has to come in culture line with what the culture is, that the culture is what dictates our view. Uh, 36% that proclaimed people that are called to be Christians have ideas with communism. Uh, 29% of self-proclaimed Christians uh, believe their ideas are based on secularism. Uh, I don't know about you, but that ought to disturb you a little bit. That ought to make you wonder what's going on. Uh, it ought to show you where we are. Amen? 17% of people who identify to know the Lord are the only ones who let the Bible dictate their worldview and direct the issues of how it lines up. Folks, let me tell you we've got a problem, amen? Let me tell you we've got an issue in our country, in our church world tonight. Let me tell you what is going on. These, what we've got tonight is another gospel that is being preached. What we got tonight is a falling away. And if you see that, it tells me that Jesus Jesus Christ is surely coming again. How uh, many know that in the last days uh, they would be a great falling away? Anybody know that? How uh, many know in the last days Jesus said uh, the love of many would wax cold? Amen. Uh, what are you saying tonight? Uh, I'm telling you we are going to, the church world needs a revival tonight. Uh, the church world needs a revival. Let me tell you what's infiliated our house of gods. What's got a hold of people tonight. You see people's got a form of godliness in these last days. They've got a form of it but they deny the power thereof. That form has swept their pulpits. It swept their pews. It swept into this land. But let me tell you what Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. He said this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Anybody believe we're there? How many know men for men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those who are good, traitors, high, haughty, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, 
more, more than lovers of God. And he, in verse five, he said, he said they'd have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. From such, he said, to turn away. Anybody ever thought what the form is? Let me tell you, they'll portray it. They'll act it. They'll look the part and they'll go through the motions and everything. But let me tell you, they ain't got no substance to them. Paul told us it would be like this right before the coming of our Lord and Savior. Paul said it would come to a point where they would have a form, but they deny the power. How many know people deny the power of God tonight? How many know people's got a lack? They're falling. They're lacking in substance. They've got an outline. They've got an outline. I don't care what the outline has to say. I want to see the substance. Amen. I want to see the real deal. Amen. What are you saying? I'm telling you what's going on. People are falling away from the truth and sound doctrine. We people want to believe it to leave me any old way. They want Jesus the way they want him to be. I got news for you tonight. If he ain't the Jesus of the Bible, then he's not Jesus at all. Amen. But this is what's going on. And I'm telling you tonight, if the church world don't have a revival, we're in a mess. Amen. If the church don't get on fire, we're going to bust wide open. Amen. Amen. They don't want to listen to the truth of the Lord's teachings of Jesus. Amen. They don't want to hear the truth. Oh, did God really say that? God really said it. Amen. Oh, we want to throw this out. We want to get rid of it. This is where we are. I told you about that. I'm going to call him what I, he is, a heretic. Down there in North Carolina, that's what he is. To take down the crosses and say we worship the same God as Muslims. No, we do not. I worship the true and living God. Amen. I don't worship a demon. I don't worship something made by the hand inspired from the pits of hell. I worship Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. But you see this doctrine that's going around. This doctrine that's allowing now. They're saying many are saying the churches are now conforming to bring same sex marriage and begin to accept it. Well I got you for you. It's still an abomination before God. Amen. It's still wrong. Amen. It's still not pleasing before God. People don't want to hear the teachings of Jesus. You know what I found out? People pick out the teachings they want to hear. I'm about ready to jump in ahead of myself. They want to hear the goody goody teachings. I'm going to tell you right quick, and I'll repeat this here in a minute. If your ears are itching, I'm not going to scratch it. Amen. If your ears are itching, this old preacher ain't going to scratch it tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, they want to pick out, they want to pick out the goody things that Jesus said. You better pick out the whole counsel of God. Amen. You can't pick a little bit here and a little bit there. Amen. Oh, did Jesus really call it that? Did re Jesus really say that? Did Jesus really uh, go against that? Well, let me tell you, if he said it was wrong, it's still it's wrong. If he said it was wrong, it's still wrong. People don't want to pick that out. They want to pick their things that make them feel so good. Amen. They want it to go. So we want to walk out of here 
feeling good. I want you to walk out of here thinking. Amen. I want you to walk out of here challenged. Amen. I didn't come to make you feel good. I didn't come to deliver a message to make you feel good. I come to deliver a message that would set you free, amen? I come to deliver a message to keep you from hell, amen? I come to deliver you a message that'll get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, amen? I'm telling you, people don't want to hear about sin anymore. Oh, you don't need to preach sin. Well, let me tell you, we need to preach against sin, amen? How can they be repent unless they hear it, amen? And you got those in this day that deny the power of the Holy Ghost. He don't do that. Well, I'm glad you know more than God. <laughs> you put limits on him. How many know he still baptizes? How many know he still knocks you over? Amen. How many know he still gives you a word of knowledge? Amen. How many know he's still in the moving business today? Amen. How many know the Holy Ghost is still here? Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? But this is where we're at that don't want to hear biblical truth no more, that don't want to have their feelings hurt, that just want to go through with this is a Friday message, don't hear anything about the doctrine of hell anymore. Let me tell you, there is a real place called hell tonight. And Jesus spoke more on hell than he ever did heaven. People don't want to hear about it. We want to have it where we fit in. We need to quit worrying about fitting in and worry about standing out. I think about what Paul said when he wrote in the book of Galatians. He said in Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse 8 through verse 10, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That word accursed means let him be damned. That's exactly what that word means right there. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For I do now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For yet, if I, yet I please men, I should not be the servant of God. Uh-oh. He was telling us something. If you preach it, you ain't going to please everybody. Amen. But how many know I ain't here to please How many know you ain't here to please Man, you're here to please God tonight. But I'm telling you, what's going on today, what's happening today in a realm is a symbolic of our time. We're in a mess. People ain't in love with Jesus like they once was. Amen. People ain't got the heart for him like they once did. People ain't committed. Let me tell you what's happened. People just like the Ephesus church, they've left their first love. They went away from it. They found other things that occupy them. They found other things that fill them, that make them so wound up. 
They fill it with the temporary things. I want you to know tonight, there ain't nothing on this world worth putting Jesus over, amen, taking the place of Christ. But just like that Ephesus church, let me tell you, the Ephesus church started out right. Hey, man, how many know it started out right? But it started out on fire. It started out hungry. It started out enthusiastic. It started out in love with Jesus. How many know when you're really in love with Jesus? You, how many know something? You're going to want to spend as much time with him as you can. And ladies, you remember when you fell in love with your husbands? It's been so, oh. Go back to your courting days. I'll use the women because they're more this type. It's just a fact. When that time goes, when you was courting that husband, you'd want his time and his attention, wouldn't you? Am I right? You'd want to be as much time in his presence as you could. That's the way it works, ain't it? How many know that Christ expects that from us? This Ephesus church, when it was in love with Jesus, it would want to spend as much time with Jesus as it could. It would want to do as much for Jesus as it could. It was head over heels with Jesus as it could. But something come along and begin to draw their attention away from Christ. Amen? It began to draw them away. They no longer had that love. They no longer had that enthusiasm. They no longer had that zeal they once had. What happened to them was they fell in love with their lives and something else more than they did him. That's what it means to look, lead the first love. And I'm going to tell you, notice he said first love. He didn't say second love. You see, he told this church what he liked about them. But all of a sudden he said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you. I have come this far. I believe somewhere against you. Some would probably wonder, what in the world was he going to tell us he had against us? Well, it was simple. They stood up for the right doctrine, but they left him, amen? They left their first love. They weren't committed to him like they once was. They weren't faithful to him like they once was. They weren't hungry for him like they once was. They had drawn their attention to something else. Let me tell you tonight, let me just state this right here. Don't let anyone or anything take you away from Christ tonight, amen? Don't let the things of this world get so busy that you forget about Jesus tonight, amen? Don't you forget about him because I've come by to tell you he ain't your second love. He ain't gonna be your third love. The only love he's gonna be is the first love, amen? See, Jesus told this church something, he said, I got something against you. But he told them this. He said, you've left your first love. But he issued a warning. He gave them a chance to repent. He said the word repent. And the day that you can hear hyper grace preach, that means you can turn on TV and hear a young man from Singapore preach that you don't have to repent after getting saved. 
that the Holy Spirit don't convict. That's garbage. That's false doctrine. Right here was under the age of grace. Right here was after the cross. Jesus told this church, he said, you either repent or else. He gave them a warning right there. Now he gave them a strong warning. He said, you either repent and come back to me and do that first love works over or else we're going to have an issue or else there's something you're going to have to pay for or else the judgment would come against the Ephesus church. What did he say he would do? He said he would come and he would remove the candlestick out of his place except they repent. Let me tell you, that means he would remove his very presence. The light would not be there. Let me tell you, I believe I can hear the Holy Ghost speak. The Spirit of God declare to the church tonight, it's time to have revival. It's time to go back to the first love. If we don't have revival, we're gonna bust. I believe he's telling the church that repent, Get back to the first love or else. People don't want to hear that no more, but I'm going to just flat out tell you. When he comes, he ain't coming for the slacker. He ain't coming for the unfaithful. He's coming for the dedicated. He's coming for the faithful. And he's coming for the committed. He's coming for those that are forgot him as their first love. Yeah, but he's my second love. Well, he ain't coming for you. He's my third love. He ain't coming for you. Well, I got him in the top five. Well, he ain't wanting the top five. He wants the top one. Amen? I'm telling you, it's revival or bust. What are you saying we need a revival of? We need a revival of Jesus. We need a revival of the first love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Who? Ephesus left their first love. This is where revival begins. Getting back to your first love. Going back to where it started. Going back to that hunger, desire, and that zeal. That first love. How, how do you know he's first love? Has he got priority? Did you just say that? He demands priority. I remember times. I'm going to say it tonight. You go over to a mission field. They'll walk days to hear a gospel message. But you got them around the corner. Can't even drive two minutes to hear a gospel message. Amen. We need a revival of Jesus. Some people think they do, do, do him a service just showing up once in a blue moon. How many know you ain't doing him a service? You, wanna, you need to fall back in love with him. People ain't in love with him. They, he ain't priority. He ain't priority in many people's life. Well, if I got time, I'll spend time with him today. He ain't looking for that. You want a revival of Jesus? You make him your priority, amen? You make him your priority. And I'm telling you, you'll feel his presence. 
I'm telling you, the church world's in trouble. And it all stems because the church world in general has left their first love. They ain't got priority for him. We're so busy body. We got so much other things to do. We forget about him. I remember one thing they taught me going through MIP, and it's always been boiled in my head. He said, no matter how much work you do for the Lord, always take time to feed yourself. You know what I'm talking about? As much time as I do studying, people don't realize the time you put into studying for messages and the thoughts that goes into it. It ain't just a five minute and I'm done. I wished it was that simple, but it's not. But I also take time to say I'm going to spend time alone with him, not for my service, just to spend time in his presence. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen? People ain't in love with him because I love spending time with Jesus. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Amen? I love spending time in his presence. Well, preacher, I don't have the time. Well, you got time for everything else. You got time for Jesus. And if you don't have time, get rid of something and just start making time for him. Because I'm telling you, we're in trouble. I'm going to just relate a root of the problem in this country. We want to blame it on our government. I know the government ain't perfect. And I know the things I'm going to... But the problem is, it don't start there. It starts in the church. Amen? It starts with the people of God. They got away from Christ. There ain't no commitment to him. He ain't priority. I'm telling you, make him priority. Everything else will work out. After all, didn't he say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Then all these other things shall be added unto you. How many trust God for their salvation? Anybody trust God for their salvation in here? Then why come we can't trust him with this? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added unto you. You think he's going to, you think he's misquoted his word? No, he ain't. I found out he'll take care of me, amen? Let me tell you, there ain't no hunger for his presence. There ain't no hunger for his presence. I remember, I'm church of God born, I'm church of God bred. I'll either be church of God raptured or church of God dead one day. No, but I remember years ago what I'm going with that is I remember a time where people literally hungered for his presence. Anybody else remember those times when they hungered? They didn't care how you got hit the got them here. They just got here. People don't want to hunger for his presence. How much time have we sought hungering for his presence in our sanctuary? How much time have we sought hungering for his presence in our life? I think we need to get like the psalmist said in Psalms 84 and 2. My my soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. I got a question. 
Now we want a minute surface, a minute getting in here, and a minute to get out. But do we really hunger for the presence of God? Amen. People ain't hungry for the presence of God. They were hungry to be in this altar. Amen. Listen, we got to get to that point where I hunger for Jesus. How many know Jesus want you to want him more than life itself? I want Christ more than life itself. I tell them, I tell people, if I go before the rapture, there better not be nobody weeping for me because I'm not having no sad song sung if I go on. I'm going to be up for singing, oh, happy day, what it shall be when I get to see my Jesus face to face. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Amen? Because I long for him. Anybody else long for him? I know some of you thinking you're nuts. That's all right. I may be a nut, but I'm, I'm latched on to the right one to screw up heaven. Amen? I've seen that today. But no, I'm not. People think I'm crazy when I say that. It's just one more Krispy Kreme to glory. One more Mountain Dew till I see him. That's right there. I got somebody with me there. No, because when you long for his presence, the only thing I can think about is seeing Jesus. Amen. Anybody know what I'm saying? Anybody else long to see him? I long for that trumpet to blow. Anybody else with me? I long for that trumpet to blow. I long until that day I long for his presence in my life. I long for his presence in this sanctuary. Amen? We got to get back. We've got to get back to the point of Jesus. I'm not done yet. I got a couple more. We've got to get back to the point where we use that word commitment. Uh-oh. It's a word you don't hear no more. People ain't committed. I'm going to blow the church out with this. But I'm dead right when I say this. The world's crowd is more faithful to their things than those people who are called by his name are faithful to the things of God. Amen. I won't back off that statement. I'll show you. You don't believe me? You go by, you hear what I'm telling you, you go by a honky-tonk on Friday night, it'll be full, won't it? Amen. I don't know about you, but Jesus has done something more for me than a honky-tonk can. Amen. He's done something more for me than this world can, amen? And I'm telling you, I owe him everything. I owe him my life. If he give it for us, can't we give it to him? Amen? But people don't like that word commitment because it demands too much on their part. But if we're going to have a revival, if the church is going to have a revival, it demands commitment. Commitment to Christ. Amen? I'm telling you, I feel it in my spirit. I've been bubbling all day. Take it home. Chew on it. Because I know where this message comes from. Amen? I tell you too, 
Second thing, not only are we going to have to have a commitment to Christ, we've got to get back to the old paths. Here we go. People are going to tell me I'm outdated. They're going to tell me, oh, preacher, you shouldn't think like that. We need to get up with the times. But we've got to get back to the old ways. Hey, man, I'm telling you, I ain't running a nightclub format around here like some are. Amen. I don't need smoke machines. I don't need flashing lights. Amen. I don't need rock and roll concerts. All I need is the anointing of God. Amen. Oh, that won't get young people. While I challenge you, if you don't believe me, it won't get young people. You go talk to Gabriel Swagger and I'll show you a church that's full of young people. Amen. It takes the anointing of God, not entertainment. The anointing makes the difference. You don't believe me? What's going on about the old past? Well, let me tell you, the Bible addresses the old past. It does. The prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 6 and 16, the Lord said these words, Thus said the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old past. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk. We will not walk therein. That stand you in the ways means seek the ways of God. The old path is the way of revival. Amen? That old path is hungered for his presence. Somebody said, Oh, we don't need to preach no more. Oh, I hear them. Oh, I got to get this in. I got to get this in. Well, preacher, the method has changed. No, the method has not changed. You read what Paul said. It comes by preaching. Amen? Amen? Anybody believe that? The method ain't changed. The message is still the same too. Amen? It's the old past. People want a one-minute encounter with God. How many know sometimes you may have to be like Jacob? Anybody know what he done? How many know how long he wrestled with the angel of the Lord? Anybody know how long he wrestled with the angel of the Lord? Anybody know? All night long, what did he say? I'm not getting up here until you what? Until you bless me. How many know we got to get back to the old pass? Amen. Amen. We want to bring the new pass. I call it the new cart. Uh-oh. I call it the new cart. We want to do it away. We want to put the presence of God on the ways of humans. I mean, if you want the presence of God, you got to seek the presence of God. Amen? Amen? They want to put it on a new cart. Let me tell you what that new cart, how many know when they touched it, put it on that new cart, what happened? Fell over and killed him instantly. That's what's happening to this generation. It's what's happening today to many of the churches. We, we tried to get fit into the times. And God's saying, just stand in the old paths. Stand in the ways that got you here. How many know if it got me here? If it was good enough for me, it was good enough for the old folk timers, it all, it's still the anointing today. Amen? Amen? It's still anointed today, amen? Amen? But people don't want that. 
we've got so entertainment. We've got to a point where we want motivational speaking. Everybody wants to hear you have a good Friday. Not every day is a Friday. You got some Mondays, you got some Tuesdays, you got some Wednesdays, you got some Thursdays, you got some Fridays, you got some Saturdays, and you got some Sundays along the way. Not every day is a Friday. They want to hear it. They want to be comforted. They want to be petted in these days. And we, we don't want them. We don't want preachers stepping on us no more. We don't want them convicting us no more. We don't want them to make us feel a little wheelbly in the pews. Amen. Well, I'm telling you what's needed in this day. They need some old-fashioned preaching. Amen. They need some hellfire and brimstone preaching again. Amen. They need some old-fashioned Pentecostal preaching to hit this land. We got to have revival. This thing they're this thing they're pushing off is church now. Ain't church. It's entertainment. Oh, you're old school. Yes, I am. And I'm proud to be old school. Amen. Because I know when I stand before him, I know what he's going to say. Amen. But listen, we got to get to these old paths. We got to get to the revival where we put it on our schedule. Church, we're going to be there. Amen. We're going to seek his presence. We're going to put him before everything. I remember these days. Anybody else remember these days? We're going to be in church. You don't hear of week-long revivals no more much, do you? But it's needed. Many don't want to hear about the old past. It's a generation that wants to modernize the gospel. People have itching ears. Remember what I told you? Their ears are itching, but I'm not scratching. Amen? I'm not scratching nobody's ears. Don't even ask me. People want sugar and not medicine. They need medicine. People want a convenience store, Christianity. And he ain't a convenience. Amen? Listen, we got to get back to the old pass. I'm hurrying, I promise you. Lord, yeah, I better hurry. We need the fear of God. Amen? Some old-fashioned preaching. We need some people who's more concerned about pleasing God than they are pleasing man. We need some people who are going to get hungry for the Word of God. Commitment. To Christ. It's a revival of prayer and fasting. And we need a revival of the Holy Ghost, the third point. If we don't have if people don't get revived, if the church don't get revived, there are gonna be many people that find themselves looking in. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Jesus told Ephesus, and let me tell you, when he spoke this. He was mean in business. He said, repent or else. Amen? He said, do the first works over again. There was the warning when he said, or else. That means if you don't, that means there was a price to pay and there was a consequence for not doing it. What would he have done? 
he would have come quickly upon them. And he would have removed their candlestick. The light would be gone. It would remove. That means his presence would not be felt there. It's happening. There's a lot of places you can go in and you can write Hinkabod all over the door. His presence is there. Who said he would do this? Not the under-shepherd, but the head shepherd himself said, I'll be the one who will personally do that. And I'm telling you, he was mean in business. What are you saying? What does that imply to us today? I'll tell you what that implies in this last day that we're living. It's a revival or else today. It's revival a bust. Let me tell you if the people of God don't get their heart back to Christ let me tell you what they're going to find themselves shut out of. They're going to find themselves shut out of heaven. Can I have about five to six more minutes? They're going to find themselves shut out of his presence. Preacher, do you have scripture for that? Well, you go into Matthew 25 and you read the parable of the ten virgins. Five foolish and five wise the ones that went with the bridegroom is those that had oil in their lamp those that were shut out the foolish went to buy but when they went to buy the bridegroom come and they kept knocking let us in and the bridegroom said I know you not that's what's happening to the church world the church Many that sits on pews when that trumpet blows. I'm getting ready. Are you going to save this preacher? There's going to be lots and lots that sit on pews when the trumpet blows because they left their first love. is going to be cast into the great tribulation. Whew. Read it. Because let me, there'll be many will be cast into hell. You don't believe me? Go read the back end of Matthew 24. He gives a strong warning about that. Those that get slack, those that begin to say, my Lord delays his coming. He said, I'll cast them, cut them down and cast them asunder and give them their part with the hypocrites where they'll be gnashing the teeth. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you, we got to have a revival or we're going to bust this thing's about wrapping up. Let me tell you, it ain't a time to be playing games with God. Just a few more minutes, I promise. Because this is serious. What's going on in the world tonight is serious. Everything tells us this thing's about over. The way the church is acting right now, let me tell you, when he said they wouldn't be looking and watching for him, he wasn't speaking to the world. He was speaking to his people because they're not looking and them statistics I read to you earlier, it tells me we're there. It ain't a time to be playing games. It ain't a time to be playing church. It's the time to get revived up. It's time to get committed up. It's time to get hungered up. We're going to have to have revival. Amen? There's some people that need revival. I don't know about you. I don't want to hear that else. Anybody else want to hear him say or else? Because I'm telling you, what he told Ephesus right there, he meant what he said. Amen? He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. And I'm telling you, in this day that we're living, God's telling the church, get back to me, amen? Get back to me. You better run into my presence. Let me tell you, I had a dream or a vision, what you'd say the other day. I don't have these too often, but what I saw was a great, great, 
terrible storm. And I'm telling you, it's dark clouds I ain't never seen before. And I could see the chamber doors open right there. And it was saying, and I, I could hear the Lord revealing that it was saying, get into my chambers, get ready to enter into my chambers because the time of turmoil is at hand. And I could remember the, storm, the clouds are going quickly because I asked the Lord, how much longer? I remember asking the Lord a question. Is it going to be much longer? All I could remember was myself running in the storm fastly approaching like I've never seen before and doors to a chamber would open. And as soon as I got into the chamber, I was sheltered. And I come to think about it. And I begin to think about it. And the Lord was showing me the time of tribulation is at hand. But before it hits, we're going in his shelter. Amen? But we've got to get there. Amen? Anybody know what I'm saying? I believe that's great because I've never seen dark clouds like that. It was the darkest clouds and the roughest storm I had ever seen. It was a howling. It was a blowing. It was causing damage. It was destruction left and right. But there was a chamber there. And I'm telling you that chamber, he said, enter into the door. Enter into the chamber. And I, when I got in that chamber, the doors closed. It was gone. And the storm hit. I'm telling you, I wasn't even going to share that. But I'm telling you tonight, we better get ready. Can I have all night? Can I have all night? I ain't going to get it. But I'm telling you, I see it. If we don't get revival, we got a mess on our hands. It starts with the God's people getting right. Amen. It starts with God's people going back. Amen. It starts with God's people saying, I'm hungry for you. I'm sorry for being slack. It's time to get back to Jesus. It's time to get back. If we, the church world's in trouble, it blows my mind. Only 17% of people who profess Christ use him as the worldview, the way they view the world. It blows my mind to hear something like that. 38% think the Koran's with the Bible. We've got a spiritual problem in America. Church, it's time to wake up. Everyone's standing. It's revival or bust. Who's going to step out and say revival? It's revival or bust.
ain't a time to play. Come. Come. You heard the word from the Lord. It ain't a time to be playing. Revival or bust. Awaken or bust. He's give his word. He's give his word. It's in a play. It's in a playground. This is what's about ready to take place. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus.